We are, as Pastor Chris mentioned, we're in a series of, um, uh, right now, a message series called Prayer Power. But more importantly, we're in a dedicated time of prayer here at the beginning of 2022. And um, I do, I, I, I really hope that everyone is, um, is participating, uh, participating in some degree. It's not, it, you know, when you're praying individually, it's not about what the, somebody sees as the church. It's about the benefit that it brings to you, and it will, um, it will benefit you. So that's what we're going to focus on today. Um, we're going to talk about the prayer power. But I want to start with a story. And um, this happened to me just a couple of weeks ago. I was pulling into a parking lot, and uh, I pulled in the parking lot. I was in my truck, and I pulled into my parking lot, and I was getting out of the truck. And when I stepped out of the truck, I looked down, and I saw the parking line was going crooked under my church, you know? So I thought, well, somebody messed up the parking lot. No, I didn't think that. I thought, <laughs> I thought what in the world? Why is my car crooked? I mean, I can drive. I can follow the lines here. And so I got in the truck, and I backed up. And I looked at the cars beside me, and I pulled back in, and I thought I kind of made a little adjustment. I pulled back in, turned the truck off, I get out, I get out. As I get out, I, get in, I can still see the parking line. Has anybody ever done this? Nobody. I am the only one. that Now I really feel stupid. All right, so that's right. I thought, what is going on here? And I started to get back in the truck, and I looked at the cars beside me, and I got out, and I walked back to the truck, and there, the truck was parked crossways across the Parking lines. What is going on? I'm in a, you know, some kind of bizarro world here or something. What is happening? So I stepped back a little further and I started looking, and the car beside me was parked a little bit crossways, and the car beside that was parked a little bit crossways. And finally, got down about five cars, and one of the cars had, was really parked crossways, almost taking up two parking spots. I thought, well, there's the problem. So one car parked crooked, another car used that as a car used that as an example. They parked crooked, and it went right on down. Obviously, somebody had been in the parking spot I pulled in because the two cars on either side were parked crooked. I thought, well, that explains it. I'm following the wrong pattern. I wasn't trying to align with the parking lot. I was aligning with all those things around me. And how many people know that if you follow the wrong pattern, <laughs> you may get the wrong results, right? And aren't you glad today that Jesus is the pattern for our life? Jesus really is. He is our pattern. You know, this year, um, Pastor Chris is laying out before us at the church here <clears throat> that our focus is going to be on Jesus, all right? Now, we know everything, they all, it, the answer at church is always Jesus, right? Uh, so, but, uh, but we really are, we're going to focus on Jesus. And I think it's fantastic. I fully support Jesus being the center of our life, being the center of our church, being the center of our, of our lives, our marriages, our families, our businesses, our actions, our attitudes, how we think, how we speak, everything that we do. Wouldn't it be nice? I wonder what the world would look like if we all just focused on Jesus, how we love each other. We see how Jesus does it, and we do it just like that. And and one of the areas where I think sometimes we overlook about uh, looking at at Jesus's and following the pattern of Jesus is, you know, we can even do that when it comes to prayer, when it comes to praying. We can look 
at Jesus' life. So again, Jesus is our pattern. Jesus is our pattern for all things. First Peter chapter 2, verse 21 puts it like this. He says, For this you were called, for to this you were called, because Christ also suffered for us. He left for us an example that we should follow in his footsteps. That we should follow in his footsteps. It's, see, it's not just wearing the WWJD bracelet, what would Jesus do? It's really about doing what Jesus would do from the same heart that Jesus would do it. That, that word example there in 1 Peter, it's the word uh, in the Greek, it's hupogrammas. And what it means is it means to be an exact copy that, that we're, not, you know, we're not just looking at it and trying to do it on our own. We're an exact copy. As a matter of fact, in the um, original language, it, mean, it meant to trace the letters. It meant to very specifically, specifically do exactly, be exactly what Jesus was. Anybody remember teaching your children to write and you get those papers and at the top of the paper, there were those letters that were written and then they had the next line and it had the little dashes do any of y'all know how to write? You know, it had those little dashes, you know, and you say so you, you trace and then you trace the dashes and they remove a little more dashes and then you're doing it yourself. So Jesus is that type of an, uh, an example to us. This is God's intention for us from the very time that we accept Jesus as Lord of our lives is that we follow him and that he becomes our pattern. It's what discipleship really is all about. It's about, it's about becoming like Jesus. How many people think it's a good idea to be like Jesus? Okay, half of us. We're, in the, we're heading the right direction. That's okay. We're, we're getting there. We're moving forward, all right? Well, so it, it, but it really is. Uh, some of us know the scripture in Ephesians chapter 4 where it talks about, it says, verse 11, it says, that he gave some, God gave some to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers so it's great that we have some of those designated leaders, those designated people who have specific functions in life. Their specific function is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, okay? Equipping of the saints. Who are the saints? Any saints in here today? <clears throat> All right, okay. Are you, anybody sitting beside a saint? How about that? Yes, there we go. We got more people sitting beside saints, All right. I know we don't like to think about our saints, but that's how God looks at us. He doesn't look at us as ain'ts. He doesn't look at us as, as, as messed up, as Roger was saying in the, in the ministry time. God loves us, and God says, I've got a beautiful plan for you, and listen to what part of that plan is. It says, for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, okay? That we would be built up, that we would be strengthened until we all come to the unity of the faith, you wonder why that's such an important thing that you've been hearing over and over from Pastor Chris and others here at the church? It's because it's the heart and plan of God, is that we be strong, that we be unified, so that we, okay, so that we could grow up, be unif have the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to be a perfect man to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Jesus Christ. You see, perfection is not us being our best. Perfection in God's sight is us being Jesus. That, that's our goal, 
is that it really would, you know, be Jesus living in us and Jesus through us. And he says, and if we'll do that, then we should no longer be children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the trickery of men, but in, and in the cunning craftiness of deceitful plotting. He said, those things won't impact us, but speaking the truth in love, we may grow up in all things into him who is the head, that is Christ. So, so I want to lay this foundation here today that our goal, our example is to be Jesus, be just like Jesus in motive, in action, in heart, in character, in conduct, in everything. And that's why we're given the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit comes, okay, uh, not to make us do crazy things, not to make us uh, weird, more, any more weird or wacky than we already are. You know, I know the Holy Spirit gets a bad rap a lot of times. The Holy Spirit comes to fill us and to strengthen us to live in our lives so that we can manifest the character and the conduct of Jesus Christ. That our thoughts, that our motives, that everything about us is just like Jesus. You see, the plan of God is to show Jesus to the entire world. How many people know that the only hope this world has is Jesus, right? And so God wants to show Jesus, give Jesus to the whole world, but now his plan to do that is through you, so that every place you go, where every place you put your, st- your foot, every place you are is where G- God wants Jesus to be. He wants him to be there through you. So he wants us to show, he, God wants to show Jesus to every person that we have contact with, to our husbands, to our wives, to kids, to our parents, to our neighbors, our coworkers, to our friends, to, to enemies, to everyone. There's not one single person on planet earth that that God doesn't intend and desire for Jesus, for them to be introduced to Jesus, and it happens through people now. The same thing I think is is true for our church, that we, we reach out, we show Jesus to the rich and to the poor, to the hurting, to the messed up, to the jacked up, to the tatted up, to the, to every, you know, whoever it is, everybody, the church, we show Jesus to the church, right? To the black and to the white, to the brown, to the little green aliens, to the donkeys, to the elephants. To, we show Jesus to everybody. That's what we are as the church, the church. Right? Now, somebody said, well, we're a spirit-filled church. We're all about the Holy Spirit and letting the Spirit move and letting the Spirit do. Amen. We are. We are. But can I tell you that as a spirit-filled church, that the purpose of the Holy Spirit on planet Earth today is to make Jesus known. To make Jesus known to us. To make Jesus known in us. And to make Jesus known through us. All you've got to do, read John chapter 14, 15, and 16. it'll blow you away about the purpose of the Holy Spirit. It it really will. And and some people, I think we've got this little, somehow or another, we we almost think that we come to the place in life where we outgrow Jesus, and then we kind of move into the realm of the Spirit. Can I tell you, you will never, I will never be more spiritual than Jesus, (laughs) amen? You don't get more spiritual than Jesus. You you, you don't outgrow Jesus, you grow up into Jesus, amen? Amen. Good preaching, Pastor Sam. Thank you, thank you. (laughs) So that's how the first disciples lived, you know, and that's God's intention for us today. They focused on Jesus. They walked with Jesus. They, they, they smelled like Jesus, you know, the whole bit. But there was a time, one day, the scripture says, in Luke chapter 11, 
that the disciples went with Jesus and they watched him when he went to a place of prayer. And he was in this place of prayer when he left this place of prayer. The scripture says it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he had ceased praying that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray as John taught his disciples to pray. Now, when I read that scripture, two things come to mind right away. Why does only one of the disciples come to him and say, Lord, teach us to pray? You know, hopefully he was the elected spokesman for all of them. Let's, let's give them that benefit, right? They all wanted to know. And that's the second thing. I really do think people want to know how to pray. Uh, I, I mean, I really do believe that. I believe we want to have that communication. Uh, but, but I think sometimes... Sometimes we get a little confused and go, well, I don't know how to pray. And we hear the professionals pray from the stage and we do, you know, and we, we, we see big prayer times and that, but we think we don't know how to pray. And you know, can I tell you this? There's always more to learn about prayer. And I think the greatest place to learn it, one of the best places to learn it is through the life of Jesus. And so that's what we're going to do today. Jesus is our pattern in all things, and we're going to focus on Jesus and his prayer life, and today we're going to make 10 observations about Jesus' prayer life that will help us. That's right. This message has 10 points. So everybody ready? Got your pens? Got your pencils? Got your phones out? You ready to take notes? All right. I hope so. We're going to go quick, but, um, but it's, going to, it's going to be good. Ready? Number one. Number one. Jesus prayed often. Jesus prayed often, kind of lets us know what our standard for prayer should be, right? Luke chapter 5, verse 16 says, So he himself often withdrew into the wilderness and prayed. Uh, notice that, often, often prayed, okay? Uh, Mark one thirty-five says that early in the morning, while it was yet dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away into a secluded place, and he was praying there. Uh, truth is, if we look and read the scriptures, Jesus prayed everywhere. Everywhere he went, he was praying. He would walk and pray. He would pray outside. He prayed in the temple. He prayed in houses. He prayed in boats. He prayed. Just the bottom line is Jesus lived a life of constant prayer. He really did. So Jesus prayed often. All right. Number two. Ready? Here we go. Jesus prayed alone. Okay. Jesus prayed alone. Um, Matthew 14, verse 23 said, And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself. And when evening came, he was alone there. He was alone there. So he, he separated himself uh, to pray. Can, can I tell you, I, I'm, I'm thankful for our prayer times. I encourage everybody to participate in our prayer times. Sometimes we need to pray alone. Sometimes we just need to get alone with God. We need to go out into a quiet place. We need to go, uh, we, we just need to go into our prayer closet. Matthew chapter 6 talks about this, verse 6. It says, But when you pray, uh, but you, when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to the Father who's in secret place, in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. So, so we need to have a place of prayer. Uh, evidently, Jesus liked praying in the garden. We see that there are a number of times he went to the garden. Do, does, and I'm just telling you, having a place to, prayer is a, uh, to pray 
is, is a wonderful thing. Some of you may have a prayer closet. Uh, what was the movie um, a couple of years ago? War Room. Did, how many people established a prayer closet after War Room, right? Uh, does your prayer closet, do you have to move the clothes out of the way to still go in there and pray? Or do you still use your, your prayer room? I, I think having a place to pray is a wonderful uh, a wonderful thing, whether it's kneeling beside a bed, coming to the altar, uh, just just whatever whatever it is. Um, in my life, I have it's uh, I've always needed a place, some place where it just seems like the Lord's kind of sitting there, and He's sitting there already drinking His cup of coffee. When you show up, He's ready to talk. Um, when we first uh, first place of ministry, I thought about this. I don't even know if I should share this, but uh, so I used to get up in the mornings. And, yeah, those of you that knew we lived in the Bahamas, right, on an island. So I would get up in the mornings and take my Bible, and I'd go down to the, to the beach and uh, sit between a couple of palm trees, and, and one of them was destroyed in the recent hurricane, so I can't meet with God. You know, but, I'm, you know, it's, that was a wonderful place, and it really was. It was one of those places, like, every time I went, it was like he was there. And then there have been other places. There was a prayer room at a church I was at. And, and, and here, there's many times, just come in here. And uh, I know Pastor Chris does as well. But just come in here and, and walk and pray or kneel and pray. But, but, and so I would just encourage you, you. You need a place. How many people have just a prayer place that you go to, okay? How many in your cars? Anybody, is that in your car? Uh, for, for a season of time, mine was on my lawnmower. Uh, it really was. I'd put my headphones on, couldn't answer the phone, couldn't talk to people, and it was just a wonderful place. Let me encourage you, if you don't have a place to pray, ask the Lord for a place where you can pray. Uh, just, just kind of, let's, let's, let's have our place, kind of our secret place, and it'll just be something you and I can share together. I think it'll, it'll bless you. Okay, number three, Jesus prayed with other people. Okay, so he prayed alone, but he also prayed with other people. Luke 9 says, uh, verse 28, Now it came to pass about eight days after these sayings that he took Peter and John and James, and he went to the mountain to pray. Probably praying for them, but I, I get the impression maybe he's praying with them. All right? Uh, so, so there's times when one of the best things you can do for your life, your prayer life, is just get with some other people. Maybe it's a husband, a wife, a spouse, your family. Um, I think just having people that you can pray with. Um, Praying is a great way to learn, uh, to grow in prayer. If you want to have a better prayer life, I'd encourage you. Come to some of the prayer times. Come to, come to the, the, the prayer week that we're going to be having. Um, for me, there have been times when, uh, first of all, when I first got saved, I thought that's all church was. Uh, we got drugged every prayer meeting back in that day. It was like everybody was having a prayer meeting. And so one night you go to one person's house, and the next night to somebody else's house. It was just prayer meeting, prayer meeting, prayer meeting. And at that point in time, I thought, man, I'm just getting drugged around. But now I look back and go, that was a great heritage that God was uh, pouring in and, and blessing. And, and, and that's been a part of the history of our church. We've, we've, we've always prayed. The youth used to come up and what was it, 6 o'clock, 5 o'clock, 4 o'clock, 8 o'clock, sometime every morning and pray before they were going to school. So I encourage you to get, a, um, to get with a group of people that you can uh, pray. We know praying together is powerful. If two or more come together and agree on something, then, then right, there's some power in that joining together. But um, also, it sparks us. I don't know about you, 
But there's been seasons where I've had some, um, some times of dry praying. It just doesn't seem like it's resulting to anything. It's me- meaning anything. And, and I've just had a, a difficult. Anybody ever had that kind of a difficult season? It seems like your prayers don't even make it to the ceiling, you know. And, and through the years, there have been people that I've called and said, um, you know, Pastor Chris and Corey and others, and, and, and just that, man, I, can I, let's just pray together. And we'll start praying together. And, and one person will be praying. And then all of a sudden, it's sparks something in you. Anybody ever had this happen? And, and man, they say something that in prayer and it goes, oh, that fires something up in me. And it's kind of like priming the pump and old well, you know, and, and all of a sudden, man, it, it just begins to flow. That communication with the Lord begins to flow again. So I, I would encourage you to pray with others. And not only did Jesus pray with others, number four, Jesus prayed for others. All right. This is pretty obvious. Throughout the gospels, we see Jesus praying for all kinds of people, right? People with needs, people that are dead, people, all kinds of things. And Matthew 19 shows a very special place where Jesus prayed for people. Said then the little children were brought to him that he might put his hands on them and pray, but the disciples rebuked him. But Jesus said, No, 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 let the little children come to me. Do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of heaven. And he laid his hands on them. He prayed for them and he blessed them. And he prayed for others, okay, and then the, he departed from there. John chapter 17 shows uh, that he prayed for us, right? He, he prayed for his disciples. He prayed for those that were there and those that would come. So Jesus' focus was always on praying for other people, and that's a great way for you and I to pray. Number five, you ready? Jesus prayed short prayers, Okay, when Jesus taught us to pray in Matthew chapter 6, when he taught the Lord's Prayer, uh, do you know that you can pray the Lord's Prayer just at a moderate pace? What, about 21 seconds, something like that? I think there's actually a book about that, right? So you can pray the Lord's Prayer. Well, he didn't mean us just to repetitiously pray that prayer, but all of our prayers don't have to be long, okay? So if you and I go out to lunch sometime and I ask you to pray, you don't have to pray long, okay? I mean, just pray. Just pray a reasonable prayer. Don't we don't want the food getting cold? All right. Jesus prayed short prayers, and God still heard those short prayers. All right. All right. Uh, number six. Jesus prayed long. Okay. He didn't just pray short prayers. He prayed long prayers. Luke chapter 6, verse 12 said, It came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain and prayed, and he continued all night in prayer. Now, for some of us, that may seem unfathomable that to pray all night in prayer without some major crisis or, or issue or problem or praying for God to do some miracle in somebody's life. But can I tell you that if you'll sacrifice, sacrifice some time and some energy and some sleep and maybe sometimes some food and some, Lord forbid, even some TV and some social media, you might be shocked at what God speaks to you and what God does and the connection that you have in your life. So sometimes, sometimes it just takes time to, to pray. I mean, I'm telling you, praying through the night, and, and if you've never done that, I encourage you, come and be a part of the 36 hours of prayer. Uh, you don't have to stay the whole time, but, but man, you would be amazed at how God will revitalize you. And, and there's just kind of these, these, these times when he just comes and overwhelms you, and it really is like, 
uh, it, it just sometimes, how, how many people know that like even when you're raising your children or having time with your, uh, your spouse, that to get quality time, sometimes you need quantity time. Amen? There used to be this old parenting thing about, oh, just spend quality time with your children, spend quality time. Run in, get seven minutes with your child and stuff. You know what? You don't get seven minutes of quality time unless you spend a little bit of quality time, unless you spend a little bit of quantity time. Amen? So Jesus prayed long. And part of the reason he prayed long, he just loved talking to his father. And the more time you talk with God and let him talk with you, I promise you, you'll want to talk to the Lord. All right? Number seven. Jesus prayed with passion, okay? He prayed with passion. Luke 22, verse 44 says, being in agony, he prayed more earnestly, so much so that his sweat became like great drops of blood falling down to the ground. I don't think that's the only time he prayed with passion, but that's an amazing example of it. And can I tell you, there's sometimes God wants us to pray with passion. He wants us to. Earlier this year, uh, I was riding my bike in the neighborhood one day, and um, and I was praying, and I was like, Lord, is there anything you want to talk to me about? about uh, and he said, I want to talk to you about your prayer life. And I thought, oh, this is good. I'm praying. He's going to pat me on the back, tell me what a great job I'm doing, how wonderful I am. And I said, uh, and I said uh, yes, Lord. He said, uh, uh, kind of in how he speaks to me, he said, uh, you're being lazy uh, in your prayer life. I said, what do you mean I'm right now? He said, you're just not, you're not doing what James 5.17 does. You're not praying the effectual fervent prayer. He says, you're, when are you really just said, I'm just going to take hold of something in prayer, and I'm going to stay on it, and I'm going to stay with it, and I'm going I'm to fight the battle, and I'm, gonna, I'm not just going to throw things at God and say, God, here it is, but I'm going to say, God, come on. We need to see manifestation. We need to see victory. We need to see breakthrough. I need to hear from you. I need something from heaven, and pray with passion Pray with passion until you get an answer. The old timers, you know, we used to use the word uh, to pray through. Does anybody know what that means? Pray through. Pray to you to you break through. Pray to you get an answer. Pray to you know that the Lord has released that burden from your heart. We need to pray with uh, passion. Number eight. Jesus prayed persistently. Okay, Jesus taught us to pray in Luke 18, the parable of the widow and the unjust judge there. Go knock and knock and knock and, and keep on knocking, amen? But there's times, there's times, maybe you've experienced this, something's on your heart, you go to the Lord, you pray about it one time, and you're released from it. But then there's other times when it comes up time and time and time and time again, and you knock and you knock and you keep bringing it back to the Lord and you keep bringing it back to the Lord and you keep praying about it until he tells you not to pray about it anymore. Amen? So Jesus prayed uh, persistently. Number nine, Jesus prayed prayers that he knew would not be answered as he desired. Okay? Jesus prayed prayers knowing they weren't going to be answered like he wanted. Now, that may sound just a little confusing. But you know what? It's okay to come and to pour your heart out to God. God, this is what I would love, and this is how I want it. And through the years, there have been just so many times 
God, I want you to touch this person. God, change this person. God, heal this person. God, save this person. God, raise this person up. And multitudes of times I've seen God answer that. Can any of there have been some times? I said, God, no, I don't see it. I don't understand. I don't want this to happen. Still, it's okay to tell God how you feel. It's okay to tell God what's in your heart. It really is. And Jesus did that because Jesus was open and he was honest with the Father. He shared his desires, but he didn't make them demands. And his relationship with the Father wasn't based on God doing what he wanted him to do. He trusted God. His faith wasn't in the answer to the prayer. His faith was in the God who controls all things. Amen? Matthew 26, Jesus said it like this in verse 39. says, not as I will, but as you will. Verse 42, your will be done. And I think if we can come to that place and say, God, this really is what I want. It really is what I see. But God, I recognize that my perspective is limited and narrow and finite. And yours, God, I trust you more. So God, I'm going to pray. I'm going to tell you what I think, what I want, what I desire. But I'm going to trust you. Amen? Jesus prayed in faith. He trusted God. He loved his Father. And he knew. And listen, folks. I can't always put all the pieces together here on earth, but can I tell you this? In those times when you have to just believe God and trust God and you can't see how it works, can I tell you that you need to remember that your Heavenly Father loves you more than you can even understand, and He will always, 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 just like He did for Jesus, work things out for the best, okay? Work it for the best. Going to the cross, you know, we talk, call the day that Jesus died on the, on the cross, we call it Good Friday. Well, it really wasn't a great day for him, you know. It was pretty good for us, right? <laughs> but um, sometimes that's how things work there. Amen. Number 10, you ready? Jesus still prays for us today. He still prays for you, and he still prays for me. Jesus is still praying for us, and I think that's a wonderful thing for us to remember. Romans 8, 34 says, It is Christ who died and furthermore is also risen, who is even at the right hand of the Father, and he makes intercession for us. Isn't that a beautiful thing? And when Jesus did everything that he needed to do to save us, to make sure that we get to spend eternity with him, that he still loves us so much that he's praying for us. And can I just tie this bow on this and say, you can't tell me you love someone if you don't pray for them. I think prayer is one of the greatest examples of love. You love a hurting, somebody that's hurting, and somebody that's, you love your family, you're going to pray for them. You love your pastor, you're going to pray for them. You love your church, you're going to pray for your church. You love your, you know, if you, if you love, you got a lost family member, you guys know, many of you know my story. My dad, I prayed for him for 38 years. I'm not saying daily. There were seasons of time where I didn't pray, but time after time, the Lord would bring it back up. Can I tell you that it, six months before he died, God answered that prayer and got to lead him to the Lord. And, and So I'm just telling you, keep on praying. Keep on praying. That, he, God wants that relationship with you. God, God's not holding out on you. He's calling you. He's calling me into this relationship of prayer. So what I want you to know today, one, Jesus prayed as an example for us. Amen. He prayed. He did all these things. In my opinion, he really didn't have to, but why did he do it? I think he did it to show us. 
I think he did it to encourage us to say, hey, the same way I did it, you can do it. What I want you to feel, I want you to feel inspired to pray. I want you to feel renewed. Maybe sometimes our, we ebb and flow in our prayer lives, but I just want to encourage you. Let's pick that mantle back up. Let's pick up, up that, that privilege, that, that opportunity once again to be people of prayer. My people will be a people of prayer. You know, the only way that God's church, the house, can be a house of prayers is if God's people pray in the house, right? Amen? And finally, what do you? I want you to do? Well, if you're like me, I found myself in preparation. First thing I had to do was repent a little bit. <laughs> Repent that maybe I haven't, um, haven't been all the things in prayer that Jesus has been. And that there's times and seasons when I grow weary and I say, God, restore, renew that heart. Renew that desire. Renew that discipline to be a man, to be a person of prayer. So what I want you to do, I want you to pray. Amen. I want you to pray. Um, would you join me in doing that this morning? Uh, I'd like to ask you to stand. We're going to take just a moment here. And, uh, and we're going to, I think it'd probably be hypocritical to do all this talking and teaching and preaching about prayer and for us not to pray. Amen? Amen. You ever been to one of those prayer meetings? We're going to have a prayer meeting. It's going to be an hour prayer meeting. We talk for 50 minutes about what we need to pray about and pray for 10, right? I <laughs> think maybe we need to turn that around, right? Let's spend most of our time praying, okay? All right. And if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ, can I tell you that this Jesus that we've talked about this morning loves you and he laid his life down so that you could have a new eternal life. And if, and if you'd like to accept Jesus this morning, then, then today's a great day to do that, just to, to pray and say, Jesus, will you come into my life and forgive me of my sins? Will you, will you make me a new person? God, I, I want to live the life that you've created me to live. And so today, Jesus, I welcome you to be my Lord and my Savior. And he'll hear that prayer and he'll change your life. And, and it'll, be a, it'll be the most wonderful thing you've ever done. Uh, so let's just pray right now. Jesus, we thank you so much. Thank you, God, that you love us and that you, you lived a life of prayer. And as you lived a life of prayer, God, we want to live that life, Jesus. We, we want, we, we don't want to just go through the motions of prayer. We want, don't want to just have the, the check boxes of prayer. We did it, we read, our, we, read we prayed, we said our little thing, God. We really do. We want to, we want to have that relationship, that heart, that, that character, that nature of prayer, of, of being in constant communion with you, God. And so today we want to start by just praying one for another. So Father, right now we pray for the people here around us. We pray for our brothers and our sisters. We pray for moms and dads. We pray for children. We pray for people that are lost today. We pray, God, for those here. We pray for churches and around our neighbor, we, uh, around our community. We pray for those that are doing the work of the kingdom of God around the world. We pray today, oh God. We pray today that you would just let people come into a a relationship, a living, thriving, flourishing, joy-filled relationship with you today. God, just do what needs to be done in our lives. We trust you completely. We know that there's nothing too difficult for you to do. Heal bodies today, God. Just work miracles in people's lives today. Restore relationships today. Come on, folks, pray it. Pray it like, you, like your prayer counted, like your prayer mattered today. Your prayer was going to make the difference today. 
We pray today, Lord God, we do. We pray for every place of division, God, any place within our, in our lives, in our families, in our church. We say, God, instead of division, let there be unity. Let there be love, oh God. God, today, work these amazing works in our lives. God, I just pray specifically for works of freedoms in people, of works of freedom in people's lives today. God, I really believe this by the prompting of the Holy Spirit today. We take authority over every addiction in the name of Jesus, God. Where there are places and points of bondage, Lord God. People that have walked in freedom for large seasons of time, but have somehow or another fallen back in. God, we say, set them free again today in the name of Jesus. Jesus, we know we're coming into agreement with your heart and with your prayers that you're praying even now. And so, God, we believe that it is going to be done that it is completed and finished. And God, so we give you glory and we give you honor and we give you praise for today. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' mighty name, and all God's people said, amen. amen.